for joining me here at Sex, Psycho, Love, and Me. It's your host, Edna Zoe. In today's episode, my guest shares some personal details about a passionate relationship gone wrong. I do need to warn you that some of the material we discuss may be sensitive and triggering to some of our audience, so please keep that in mind. Hi, welcome and thanks for joining us at Sex, Psycho, Love, and Me. Um, today's guest is someone I recently met and really excited actually during uh, the Denver Startup Week and really happy we are are getting a chance to, to join each other and share some stories. Um, my guest today is Evelyn. She's here um, taking the time out to visit with us and share some of her own personal experiences with relationships. So, um, Evelyn, do you want to tell me a little bit about yourself? Yes. I am from New York. I moved here in 2015. And then last year I left and traveled for a year Mm -hmm. and started my own business and moved back and whole new way. I love it. And I love New York. I think that's how we bonded that night. Exactly. (laughs) That's my favorite. It's my jam. Yeah. Um, so today's you're going to kind of share a little bit story about a past relationship with an ex. Um, yeah. It sounds like it was pretty intense. Yeah. So I guess we'll just kind of start at the beginning, how you guys met and what that was like. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, we met on St. Patrick's Day. Yes. Or St. Patrick's Day celebration. Right. I don't, <laughs> I don't actually remember if it was today. Uh, and I had a friend from college that moved out here, which is part of why I moved. Mm-hmm. And she introduced us. And I was kind of the bold one. I was somewhat drunk. And right. I was like, I'm going to make out with you right now. That liquid courage. Oh, my God. <laughs> get you far. Such liquid courage. <laughs> I love yeah. it. Yeah. And then it kind of just went from there. We just hung out and then kind of evolved. Yeah. And you guys hooked up the first night and it was just. Just made out. Just made out. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I appreciate that. I know. I was actually kind of proud of myself. Yeah. I okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, dope. Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And so you guys, um, I'm always curious, like, when do you decide, hey, let's start dating? Will you be my boyfriend? Will you be my girlfriend? Like, how does that involve? So this is an actually you? funny story. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be honest about it. Because um, we, so St. Patrick's Day, and then it was actually Memorial Day that he officially asked me mm. if I'd be his girlfriend during sex. Okay. And I was <laughs> like, can we like pause that conversation for a minute? Um, but that's how it happened. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, okay. yeah, like, yeah, sure. So it sounds like it was a pretty good honeymoon phase. Yeah. Is that right? Everything was going great. You You know, I feel like that's always how it goes. Right. You know, the butterflies. and I mean, it wasn't, you know, amazing, but Mm -hmm. it was definitely like immediate. And you said there was like a lot of passion right away. Is that kind of what fueled a lot of the energy between you guys is knowing that y'all kind of wanted a lot of the same things or was it just more of like yeah I'll date you you're hot you're I mean easy to get to know interestingly enough we had like no none of the same goals or like Ah, anything but like I was super 
like trying to figure out my career and everything and he was very much like life is about life like you know <laughs> and I was yeah. like all right well yeah. but definitely a lot of passion and just I don't really even know why mm. it was just like a connection that I couldn't explain to anyone yeah you know like it was not love at first sight uh, at all good but it definitely yeah. I mean, I loved him within the first few months, and yeah, there was I was sparks. like, "Why?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So then, once you guys started getting to know each other, like, what was there any specific like thing that happened that kind of you know questioned like what's what is what's going on, like where are you headed? I mean, I think that you know, with bad situations in relationships, a lot of it stems from like insecurity and past trauma and your inability to properly communicate to each other and that was definitely part of why we would did you realize that while you were dating him or i realized like an epiphany later this is like my like 10 month like healing (laughs) that i'm like oh wow this is because i mean i in the moment what did you think it was like was it very much i genuinely believed i was like oh my god this asshole yeah I just thought I was right about certain things. Right. That now I'm like, oh my God, you were so insecure. And like, I feel bad. Yeah. You know, like what jealousy happened? and things. Yeah. Give me an example. But, um, an example. There's several examples. So, I mean, I would just always, he would prioritize his friends mm-hmm. over me. Mm-hmm. And that bothered me. Yeah. And I, made it out in my mind to be like well it's because like you have shitty friends like your friends are shitty yeah so why are you doing that like I'm way more nice to you I'm all this stuff yeah why but looking back on it like who gives a shit like you spent every day with me yeah why would I be upset yeah about your friends you know yeah things like that definitely Uh which seem kind of small but I mean in the moment it wasn't yeah, um, I'm reading a Brene Brown. Shout mm-hmm. out to Brene Brown. That's I love, love her. her. Yeah. Uh, and recently, the Rising Strong book is talking about how we kind of make up our own stories. Yeah. And I'm I've been reflecting on that, and that's kind of like what you're describing. Like you're making up your own story about how like you're better than all his friends. Why does he want to spend time with them and not you? Not so much about the time, but mm-hmm. like he would be a dick to me, and yeah. then he would just be so nice to his friends. Oh. And I was so. like why yeah can't you just be nice to me too how what was he doing like what how was he was he verbally abusive so it didn't I mean it started pretty quickly honestly which you know again another epiphany like red flags yeah you should probably yeah watch out for them now yeah um but I mean a month after we started officially dating yeah he like threw me down on the ground and like pushed me and like wouldn't let me up or anything was that not a red flag (coughs) surprisingly no wow I was like oh my god I still love you wow and I think you know I have a lot of past trauma from like my childhood and college Mm -hmm. that I think I definitely like want to fix people yeah or I did I don't anymore right right I get it now yeah but that was definitely my way yeah that made sense to you yeah. at that time. Like, oh no, he's just broken and he just needs help. Yeah, I need to yeah. be there for him. Yeah, been exactly. there, done that. Yeah, right? yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm very much uh, guilty for that myself. Yeah. 
and learning that that's not how it works. Yeah. <laughs> that's not, and that's not how it not should a good go. Idea. <laughs> yeah. And so then, you know, you said that was like a month in and mm-hmm. things just started to escalate over time or was it, I remember you mentioned it was kind of random. Like it was super random. Yeah. You know, he, I mean, I still to this day, I know it might sound crazy, but I know that like deep down he has a good heart. Yeah. Like he isn't a horrible person. Right. He does really shitty fucking things. Yeah. But, I mean, it was like that incident where he pushed me down. And then like a few months later, another incident where it was like the same kind of physical with some verbal. Yeah. And then six months in, it, like, boom, escalated Mm -hmm. in public. And he got arrested, and we had our first court case. So tell me about that day. Uh, We went to a Broncos game. Yeah. And afterwards, I don't know why we made this decision, but instead of fighting the traffic and everything and, like, trying to get a lift home, yeah, we went to Denver Beer Company. Mm -hmm. And it just, like, again... So my roommate at the time had cheated on his best friend mm. with one of their other friends. Okay. And he would always bring it up to yeah. me on like how shitty she was and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And so he did that day when he was drunk and I was like, yeah, I just don't want to talk about this. Yeah. Like at all. Yeah. Sorry. And from there it was like, you fucking whore, you know, like all that verbal stuff. Wow. And then... We actually, I tried to leave and he followed me and assaulted me on the side of the street, which there's actually a video of it Wow! from like a traffic camera wow. that they found because the beer company called the cops. They did. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. so he got arrested right, right there in front. No, he ran. Oh, wow. So he didn't get arrested actually for a while. Like my mom came to town the next day. Because his ammo was always strangling me. That's, like, wow, which is interesting because usually it's like punch or like yeah. hit or. Yeah. But yeah. So I didn't even know how to deal with that at yeah. first. But when my mom came, my mom was like, I'm not leaving until he's in jail. Yeah. So it took like a week at first. Yeah. And he went to jail. Yeah. Were you guys still together or had you, were you kind of in this place where you're like, I can't be in a relationship like this? Like, no, I still was totally in love with him. Yeah. And like, didn't even think about not being with him. Yeah. And how did you feel towards your mom? Were you just like, stay out of my life? I mean, no, it's, it's kind of hard to like have people in your life tell you to get, especially with abusive yeah. relationships. Like, yeah, you know. I think that me and my mom have, you know, a Rocky. She was a single mom and mm-hmm. all that stuff. So we're like more like friends. Really, yeah. Okay. In a good way. Yeah. But I honestly wasn't even phased that first time. Yeah. I was like, I'm still going to do what I want to do. You know, like you're here to get him in jail and then you're going to be gone. Yeah. So, I mean, what was it like when so, he got out? Yeah. Did he take it out on you or was he super apologetic? No, he was super apologetic. Um, I mean, super apologetic, I think, is a little bit of an overstatement. Okay. I think that he genuinely doesn't or didn't think that there was anything really wrong mm-hmm. with his behavior. Um, like he'd always kind of brush it off. He'd apologize, yeah. but he would make it out like it wasn't that big of a deal. So 
is very weird. Yeah. But he was in jail for a minute. And then I actually, um, like, went to bat for him in court. Wow. And was, like, like spoke to the judge and, like, talked to the DA and all of the stuff that you should not do. Right. You know. Why did you do that? Because you're in love? I think, yeah. Yeah. And I think I was definitely crazier than I am now. <laughs> and... I also think, you know, it was when I first moved here. Yeah. And he's kind of all I had. Right. Out here. And I just didn't think, like, I thought he was my whole life. Yeah. When you say the word crazier, mm -hmm. um, are you kind of just referring that you just weren't mentally stable? You just were crazy and, and kind of reacted versus thought about, like, what this might look like or what... You know. I, I think I just didn't know. Well, one, I don't think I'd processed anything for my life. Mm -hmm. And that comes out in, you know, whatever, which way that isn't healthy. hundred percent. And yeah. I think that that was the start of kind of recognizing why I was a little crazy. Then. Yeah. Um, but not mentally unstable or anything. Just, I think, running on my emotions right you know Reacting. letting my emotions mm -hmm. control everything yeah and so that was six months in we've yeah. kind of gone uh i'm just gonna go ahead and say you guys mm -hmm. were together for three years yeah so what did the rest of that look like was it just so he was on probation the whole time because like, of you yeah in a relationship with you yeah what was that like it was... Did it get thrown in your face a lot? No. Oh. It didn't, actually. Yeah. He didn't. His friends would sometimes say things when yeah. we were out. Um, because he couldn't drink for a while. Okay. And they were like, that's so unfair, blah, 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 blah. And, again, running on my emotions and, l like, being reactive to things, yeah. I would be like, fuck all you people. Like, yeah. this is not... But I mean, that's true. Yeah. You know, like it's not my fault. Yeah. You acted that way. Yeah. And there's consequences that come with yeah. that. And do you think that you kind of were um, kind of in it to just, like you said, you're still trying to fix him and make it better? I think there was a certain point where, because actually after it, the incident happened, like, you know, court cases take a while. Mm -hmm. So it didn't actually get closed for six months after that. Yeah. And when he was sober during that time, like that's really, I think when I actually fell in love with him mm -hmm. because we did a bunch of things and we just were like exploring and not really drinking a lot. Yeah. Just all about the experiences, but we also legally couldn't be together. So it was like all in secrecy. No way. Yeah. Wow. Cause yeah. So it was, did you have to have like a restraining order against him? Or so by that, the courts? that is like automatically placed. Oh wow. So, I mean, eventually I went and spoke again. I mean, I just looking yeah. back at myself, I'm like, Oh, I just want to hug you, Evelyn. <laughs> um, but I actually went and asked the judge to lift it. And he was like, you need help. Yeah. And he was like, we can't help you. Wow. If you do this. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And he did lift it? Yeah. And then what happened? And then we were just together again. Yeah. And 
then I actually, so he was 28 when I met him mm-hmm. and living in his parents' basement. Mm-hmm. And so I had my roommate at the time that all this was happening that, and she knew him and that's how we met. Yeah. Um, we had a falling out. Okay. I mean, partially because she was like, you know, this is stupid. Yeah. Evelyn. Yeah. And, you know, just young girl issues. Yeah. Um, but after we moved out of our apartment, I actually moved into the basement of his house. Oh, wow. With like his whole family. Wow. For six months. What was that dynamics like? I mean, hard. (laughs) Hard. A little awkward. I mean... It was interesting because he never really threw in my face that, like, there was this whole court situation. Yeah. And, but his mom did. Mm. And I would bring things up if things would happen. Mm-hmm. Like, there were multiple instances when yeah. I was living with his family. Yeah. Where I was like, I would reference everything. Like, why are you consistently doing this? Like, this is a consistent thing. Yeah. And she would be like, you're living in the past. Like, you need to stop and get over it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so then you start gaslighting yourself. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, okay, I just need to get over it. It's not that big a deal. Wow. Um, And then after that, living with them, did you guys move in together? Yeah. We got an apartment together mm-hmm. um, in Lakewood. Okay. And, yeah, at first it was great, yeah. you know? I mean, it was all right. It's still, like, it was almost like he had Peter Pan syndrome. Like, uh-huh. he couldn't grow up Yeah. in terms of, like, adult responsibilities. Yeah. Because, like, I've been on my own since I was 18. Right. So, like, I've always known paying rent Mm -hmm. and like utilities and things like that and when we moved into the apartment he didn't know how to set anything up Mm -hmm. and he was really like not resentful but really not wanting to pay any rent wow yeah so for the first four months like he only gave me like three hundred dollars because he was, like, overwhelmed by it. Again, yeah. I don't know why I would be okay with that. Yeah. And he actually asked me to teach him how to use the washer wow. and dryer. Mm-hmm. And I was like, where did you come from? <laughs> you know? Was it like that at home, too? Like, did mom just do everything? And yeah. And you just didn't notice that? <laughs> I just, like, didn't even... I don't think I thought about it like yeah. that. And I also think that, you know... Living in that situation, especially after having gone through a court situation. Yeah. Like, I don't think I realized how, like, flight I was in. Yeah. Like, fight or flight. I wasn't fighting, but I was just trying to survive and get, like, unscathed by them. Did he um, abuse you while you were living with his parents? Not physically. Uh Uh-huh. Like, he pushed me once, and... You know, it. I didn't think it was that big of a deal. It, it is, but yeah, I just kind of moved on quickly from it. Mm-hmm. But it was more like freakouts outside the house, yeah. and then we'd have to return. Yeah, and yeah, it was. I mean, we were in San Francisco for New Year's, mm-hmm. and I think actually this is after. I think this is after. Mm-hmm. But we were in San Francisco uh, for New Year's one year. 
and rented like this super nice hotel room and Mm -hmm. I got tickets to like his favorite concert and you know whatever yeah and like 10 minutes into the show he's like completely fucked up because he had like hadn't drank or anything and so he was drinking and then like smoked some weed and I was like you shouldn't do that yeah and he got fucked up and I like helped him and we went back to the hotel room and when he came to he like immediately just started freaking the fuck out on me yeah and there was no balcony or anything so it was like just the room and this woman actually came and knocked on the door and he thought it was the cops and he like ran under the bed and it was this woman next door and she was like this only gets worse for you and she was like i'll help you figure it out wow and i was like oh I mean, now looking at it, I'm like, that's extremely nice. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But at the time I was like, please leave me alone. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then after that, um, did it just kind of escalate? I mean, you know, so the first like court case when I would talk Mm. to like detectives and things, I mean, it's interesting because strangulation is like the furthest Mm-hmm. on the level of extreme especially in the state of Colorado like legally wow. because you can die yeah in like 3 minutes yeah and so they were like he's doing that 6 months in like imagine what years looks like yeah. you know and so it just i escalation i don't really know i feel yeah. like it was just kind of always there yeah like I mean, there were little things in the beginning, in the first six months it escalated, but then from there on it was like sporadic. It just kind of became normal. Whenever he would get to that level, like he would get mad and not do anything sometimes, Mm -hmm. but a handful of times he would get so pissed off and it would result in that. But he also, which I think mentally for me was difficult, he would beat himself up. Yeah. Like he would punch himself and give him black, like himself black eyes and things. Yeah. And like headbutt walls and like hurt himself. So it's like, like out of not necessarily, was it to punish himself? Basically. I mean, that's kind of what I got from it. Like it it was was like, if he beats himself up, he could blame you for it. No. Okay. It was more like mentally unstable than that for sure. Because I mean, one time he sliced his forearm with a knife because he was mad at himself for hurting me. Wow. What what did you do? What did you say? Were you just like, what the fuck are you doing? I mean, I tried since we dated for so long and like it kind of always was there. Yeah. I tried all the routes. I tried, yeah. what the fuck are you doing, you crazy dude? Like, yeah. cursing and yelling and fighting that way. I tried not saying anything. And then yeah. I tried, like, calmly being like, I think we need to address this problem. Yeah. You know? Because yeah. I'd never seen anything like right. that. Right, yeah. I mean, I've never seen someone punch themselves in yeah. the head, you know? So it was all a new experience. And I just didn't know what any of it meant. And was there still love? During that phase, were, or were you starting to question, like, this isn't a healthy relationship, maybe I should leave, or... I definitely was questioning it, okay. and I definitely had talked... I mean, my whole family was like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. You know, why are you with this guy? 
And I wasn't telling them anything. Yeah. So, I mean, they didn't know. How they knew that there was the court case, obviously. Yeah. Like, they didn't know, like, they they assumed, but yeah. they just wanted to, like, still have me around. Yeah. So they didn't want to pry too much because, I mean, I did tell my mom, and I genuinely believe in, like, abusive situations. You get to that point at some, you know, sometimes that, like, I think I would have, if I had still, like, continued being with him, given up my family. Wow. If, you know. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. But did you ever lose consciousness from Miss Strangley? So I never like passed out, but I've blacked out multiple times. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think I was asleep. I mean, when he did it and there's the video, I didn't like fall to the ground or anything. Mm -hmm. But I definitely, I think in the fight or flight stage again, always just flight. I'm just somewhere else. So what ended it? So it ended because he assaulted me in my apartment or our apartment. And it was this entire situation that started in the apartment. And then I left and was like, I just need to, I need to, I need a minute. Yeah. And I ordered a lift. He took my phone, like all this shit. And then um, I ran to the lift and was like, don't let him in, don't let him in. Mm-hmm. And the Lyft driver let him in, not blaming him. Yeah. But, you know, like, yeah. he doesn't know what's going on or how to deal with that. Right. Um, and he f- I somehow got to King Supers in the Lyft. I don't know why I went to King Supers. I think I was trying to smoke a cigarette. Yeah. Um, and he just wouldn't stop, like, baby, baby, I'm so sorry, like, blah, blah, blah. And I was mm-hmm. like, please just leave me alone. Like, I need a minute. Yeah. And then the King Supers people came and were like, dude, she's asked you to leave her alone multiple times. Yeah. And <clears throat> so he just walked away. I don't know where he went yeah. during this time, but um, I got a lift and went home and went to bed. And yeah. he broke in. Oh, like, wow. I dead bolted the door and everything, so mm-hmm. he couldn't get in with his key. Um, cause it's from the inside, right. but he broke in, he scaled my apartment cause I lived on the second floor mm-hmm. and he climbed on the balcony and broke in through the balcony door Oh wow! and then assaulted me and five neighbors called the cops Wow! and then he ran mm-hmm. and then I've never seen him since. Wow. Yeah. How did that make you feel like after it happened and then never hear from him? I mean, we talked Mm-hmm. Like, we had texted after this, mm-hmm. but, like, physically seeing each other in person, we never have. Um, and I think at first I had that whole notion of, like, I need closure, like, yeah. you know, thinking that. But the only person who can really give yourself closure is yourself. Yeah. You know. And did um, you, um, so in those days after, like, were you willing to take him back? Were you trying to? Get no, back with him? I think that was like, cause I had had, like, I knew I wanted to leave. Yeah. I don't think I would have. Yeah. Because I, I don't know why. Yeah. I like to think that I'm like an independent kind of driven person yeah. when I put my mind to things. But for some reason, I just would always stay. Did like, he go to jail? Yeah. For that incident? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He went to jail again. And, um, I mean, this incident was way different because at first I was definitely, I didn't want him back. Like, we, 
I was kind of going down the same route that I had previously mm-hmm. where like, oh, you know, I wish this was different. Like trying to like mend some type of thing with mm-hmm. him, not like be with him, but I wrote my victim statement and everything and it was very much like on his side and you know defending him again Mm. and then I kind of like I mean the process for this court case took like 10 months I mean it didn't end until this past April and then I kind of had a come to Jesus moment because he was trying to blame me and I was like no I'm not I'm not doing this anymore And so I actually came to Colorado again. I wasn't living here. I'd left Mm -hmm. for a year and came and testified against him and like gave a statement and that was not for him at all. And then I actually, that's the first time I saw him. Do you think that he was expecting you to take his side again? A hundred percent. I think he expects anyone to take his side. Um, I don't, necessarily think it's because he just assumes I think that it's more so because everyone's kind of always taking care of things for him yeah. you know it's not really someone's always there to help you out yeah. so of your situation of course so what was the hardest lesson that you learned from all of this I mean the hardest lesson there are a lot of lessons that I learned mm-hmm. I feel like it's like being authentic to yourself honestly and having that like unwavering feeling of Mm self-love because it's hard you know like I don't think I actually loved myself until like six months ago you know it's definitely I feel you on that too it becomes an epiphany when you're like oh this isn't how I should be treated this this is kind of a form of I don't think I'm worth it yeah and then it turns into Oh, well, uh, that is totally a sign of like self-hate Yeah, when you're putting yourself through those things and being okay with it. Um, so do you think you're in a better place now? And is there anything that you want to share to someone that might be going through something similar? I 100% think I'm in a better spot. I actually think that I'm in the best spot I've ever been. And I'm so grateful. Um, I don't know if you listen to the Ed Milet podcast yeah but I will (laughs) he's like a really dope motivational person and I started listening to his podcast and he said this thing and it's everything happens for you not to you yes and that's like my new mantra because you know bad shit's gonna happen all the time you don't have to allow it in your life but you don't really have control over some things you don't and if you can like take like bad situations or struggle and everything and make it a beneficial moment in your life to learn things or grow or evolve then that's like beautiful you know that's great I love that I think to people or if anyone's in that situation like don't doubt yourself because you have the moments where you're like I need to leave Mm -hmm. and like everyone should just take that and trust themselves that that's the right move yeah like follow your gut yeah like you know yeah you know you you just stop yourself yeah like just like anything career-wise or you're the only person that gets in your way yeah and don't 
Yeah. Especially with that situation. Well, you're so strong, you know, just for, you know, being able to get through that and Thanks. come on top. Because I think a lot of people don't, um, don't find their way until it's too late. And it's scary. And yeah. And it's a very hard topic to talk about for a lot of people just because um, maybe they don't have the support or they don't have, um, you know, a way of getting out, which I think... Nowadays, like you said, it sounds like a lot of people stepped in, even people you didn't know. Exactly. Yeah. And um, we need to look at those things as, you know, there is a way out. So I really appreciate your time, your story. I just adore you. Yeah. I think there's so much. Thanks for having um, me. To be said from this conversation. And I hope a lot of you take this and can kind of, you know, I guess connect and understand and feel that, you know, there is always light at the end of the tunnel that there is a, always a way to get out um, and sometimes all you have to do is just like believe in your own self For anonymous confidential help 24-7, please call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233.